Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Passes caught by Elliott and he takes it in for a Dallas score. <laughs> Where's the booze? Dalton looking at Tony throws. Touchdown. Wide open is the tight end, Dalton Schultz. The Cowboys take the lead. I've had it with this dump. No, it sounds funny, but I just can't stand the pain. You're listening to Wake Up Minnesota on MinnesotaSportsFan.com. Here's your host, Steven Strong. It all sounded too good. Dallas, Carolina, Jacksonville, Vikings fight their way back into the season just to be obviously disappointed in the end as the Vikings fall to the Dallas Cowboys yesterday, 31-28. Welcome to Wake Up Minnesota on a Manic Monday. Dallas wins 31-28. Vikings, they dropped to 4-6 and six, uh, in just a sloppy game where from the beginning, if you kind of felt the way the game was going, it just looked like a classic letdown game. And the one thing I think people were telling ourselves, fans were telling ourselves, was this is a Dallas team that had two touchdowns going in to this game post-Dak Prescott injury. This is a Dallas team that has struggled immensely. The one thing that the Vikings couldn't do in this game was sleepwalk and beat themselves. And lo and behold, that is exactly what happened in a 31-28 defeat at home at U.S. Bank Stadium to, I won't say seal the season just yet, but at least put a damper and a lot, a lot of momentum that has stopped in the tracks in a 31-28 defeat to the Dallas Cowboys. We'll start here from the top, and we welcome you in again to Wake Up Minnesota, minnesotasportsfan.com. When you are a good team, and I think the Vikings are a good team, I don't think their record says it, says they're who they really are, and I've been saying that the entire year, you can't beat yourself, especially against bad teams. Dallas comes rolling in, and you look at just the way this thing started, you go three and out, K.J. Osborne, muffs a punt and I've seen enough of KJ Osborne I like KJ's from Miami he's a nice player he's not a good punt returner he doesn't get a ton of yardage when he even does catch the ball but he is super super suspect back there and every time he goes back there and a punt goes up in the air you hold your breath every fan does at this point KJ Osborne muffs the punt luckily the Vikings get it back but what happens on that ensuing drive is Kirk Cousins fumbles and no way shape or form am I trying to blame this game on Kirk Cousins he was phenomenal we will get into that but I'm just trying to go through the um, the sequence of this game and just sort of how it felt. Vikings turn it over. Dallas comes down. They take the first lead. They're up six nothing. Minnesota responds. Dalvin Cook scores. Then um, after a interception from Eric Kendricks, Minnesota then turns it over again. And you had Dalvin Cook who gets just absolutely creamed across the middle. He fumbles Dallas's ball. Dallas ends up outscoring Minnesota 10-0 in the second half. And it could have been worse because really Dallas, I thought, screwed up at the end of the half, the first half, where 
Dallas, they could have easily had two shots at the end zone. They did not do that. They only did one shot, and they ended up settling for a field goal. So they were up 16-7 at half. Uh, What I didn't mention is the fake punt that got called back. We'll get into all of that, but I'm just, again, trying to go through sequence-wise. Just the feeling of this game. The penalties, I mean, you just look at the penalties. Vikings had eight penalties for 80 yards. Dallas had four for 30. The turnovers, Vikings had three fumbles. Two of them lost. Dallas only turned it over once. What do I always say at the end of these podcasts is that when you look at the box score, I don't care what game you're looking at, a lot of the times, I would say more times than not, 8 out of 10 times, let's just call it, the team that does not turn the ball over and has the least amount of penalties compared to the other team usually ends up winning. And again, that was the case. Vikings offense, they did a really nice job, I thought. 430 yards of total offense. They put up 28 points at home. They put up 14 in the fourth quarter. I think most times you win that game. But at the end of the day, when you look at the box score and you turn the ball over, and you take stupid penalties. And some of them were suspect. The Harrison Smith one was suspect. Um, there was definitely calls in this game I thought could have went the other way. But when it's all said and done, and that is what your box score looks like, eight penalties for 80 yards, and you have three fumbles, two of them that were lost, you can't be surprised on the outcome when you lose 31-28 to a bad Dallas Cowboy team. And the Cowboys played well. I thought they played hard. You knew McCarthy was going to come in here. He does not like the Vikes. Uh, Zimmer and him don't like each other. So you knew that he was going to be up for this game. You knew that he was going to attack the Vikings defense just like the way most teams have done in the beginning of the year. But this is just it's just an absolute killer from all perspectives. Not only does your team momentum stop, but now you sit at 4 and 6 and even if you win next week, you're still 5 and 6. And the best you can do now going into that Tampa Bay game in a couple weeks is um is you're going to go in there at 6 and 6. And we all kind of looked at these three games and we thought to ourselves after just cruising through Green Bay, Detroit, and Chicago that this was going to be three more in a row and you were going to head into Tampa Bay at 7-5 and five, right back in the thick of things. Um, let's look at the scapegoats really quickly here and there's a couple of them we can go to. There's a reason why this is a segment called scapegoats. I'm not actually putting the entire blame on a singular player. I've always said that's so immature, super childish. Football is a the ultimate team game. But we'll just start here. The absence of Ezra Cleveland, I thought, was really felt. 15-yard chop block, the protection of Kirk Cousins, especially in the beginning of this game. Dallas got in for a couple of sacks. I think they had two on the day. They did. I thought the protection was decent. I didn't. I thought it definitely took a step back from the last couple of games. Even Dalvin Cook, it felt like he had to work for every yard. And he still ran for 115 yards, but he really had to fight for those yards. He was getting hit hard. Dallas was hitting him hard. He wasn't getting the holes that he was getting pre- previously in the last couple of games, but I thought Ezra Cleveland was definitely missing this game. Hopefully, he gets back as soon as possible. Chris Boyd. Chris Boyd had a rough game. Uh, the fake punt that was called back, the Vikings threw up a perfect fake punt. The Vikings never do that. Zimmer's super old school, so when Zimmer does this, you know it's probably going to be a once-in-a-decade type of thing. Um, you know, Britton Colquick takes the snap. Chris Boyd is sitting there on an island, and Chris is trying to get the attention of Britton Colquick as if Colquick doesn't see that no one is covering him. I mean, he's jumping up and down like he's like in eighth grade saying, I'm wide open. The, the snap, it, let's let's wait until the snap goes. I, I think that Colquitt recognizes that no one's on you, Chris Boyd. Chris Boyd is jumping up and down, waving his hands around, and he doesn't get set, and it's an illegal shift. And that fake punt 
that the Vikings ultimately got was called back. And those are possible points taken away. That's field position taken away. It completely changes the game. So Chris Boyd there screwed up on an illegal shift. Then you fast forward to that next play. He gets 15 yards for uh, a block in the back. And then you fast forward to the fourth quarter. First and goal. Vikings are up 28-24. He jumps the slant route. Andy Dalton puts it right between the numbers. And Chris Boyd drops it. So Boyd had a really tough game. I like Chris Boyd. I think he's played really hard this season. But three plays that I think he wishes he could have back. The fake punt that was called back in the legal shift. The block in the back on the next play. And then the first and goal, which could have vindicated every type of mistake that he made in this game. It could have been erased with that interception. He can't come up with it, and Dallas ends up scoring. Um, Justin Jefferson, dropping an underneath pass. Justin Jefferson is probably the last person that we can get on this podcast behind Dalvin Cook. Justin Jefferson, everything that really goes his way, he catches, except for this one on a third and five. I'm not going to sit here and, and completely blame Justin Jefferson, and, and he needs to make that catch. We all know that. I think it's super immature to blame him and give him slack after what he's done this entire year. I think he has less than five drops on the year, um, but that was a big one. That could have been chunk yardage. The Vikings needed a field goal. They needed some playmaking ability, and Justin Jefferson, just he, this, is what, this is what happens sometimes when it's late in games. You start looking in front of you to see who's in front of you, and you don't look to catch it, and that's exactly what happened to Jeff- Justin Jefferson. He ends up dropping a underneath crosser on a third and five that could have given them a fresh set of downs. We know what happened on that fourth down. Kirk Cousins throws into, I think it was double coverage to Adam Thielen. I'm just happy he got it off, to be completely honest with you. But Justin Jefferson needs to make that catch. Here's where I would put the majority of the blame. Uh, on the reason why the Vikings lost. And I thought it was the the way that Mike Zimmer called this game. I think when you're desperate a lot of times, and the Vikings were desperate at 1-5, you start to have an I don't really give a flying F kind of mentality. And you just kind of sit there and you're like, you know what? What, what, is, what we have tried to do these first six games, they haven't worked. Let's throw it out the window and let's just play with house money. And Mike Zimmer did that for these last couple of games. He did it against Green Bay. He did it against Detroit, and he did it against Chicago. What's frustrating <clears throat> What's frustrating me the most is that Nick Foles and Andy Dalton are very similar in the sense that they're stationary, e-mobile quarterbacks that if they don't have their first read and you put some pressure on them, they're most likely either going to take a sack or throw the ball into coverage. Mike Zimmer completely dialed it back this game. I don't know what happened. He played a completely conservative game. He played like he usually did last year and the previous years. Zimmer was not an aggressive coordinator. I don't know if it had something to do with, oh, well, I think I know more because I've I've coached Andy Dalton and I've seen him in practice and we're going to try to do it my way. But Zimmer completely went away from creating pressure. They did not create pressure. They didn't create the havoc that they previously done in the three games. They haven't got they only got to Dalton once, and, and I think that ultimately ended up giving the Cowboys a boatload of confidence, right? Like, they did not play the same way that they played the last three games, and I think for a Cowboy team that's looking for any type of confidence, when Andy Dalton's sitting back there and he's throwing darts to, you know, CeeDee Lamb, who I thought played a tremendous game, by the way. He is a phenomenal player, and McCarthy definitely game-planned for CD because I'm sure CeeDee Lamb couldn't stand what people were saying about Jefferson. He went out there and he balled up, but... Andy Dalton was throwing the ball around. They were getting the run game going with Tony Pollard and, and Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, I just I couldn't stand the way defensively that the Vikings approached this game. 
I think, again, we look at an opponent, we look at a record, and they fell into the trap of saying, eh, you know what, maybe we can kind of sleepwalk through this game. Maybe we can afford a couple of hiccups. And the Vikings have never been like that. They've never, even when they went 13-3 and and got to the NFC Championship, they were a very structured team. They, they were very one-dimensional in the sense that, they got a lead, they built the lead, and they won with defense. It's not a team that can sit there and afford to give up 14, 21 points like the Kansas City Chiefs can. I mean, they're not a juggernaut like that. So I thought Mike Zimmer, and he's done incredible, an incredible job for what he's been dealt with this year with the cornerbacks, with his injuries. So I'm not going to sit here and, and hammer Zimmer. But I thought that his game plan and his approach to mentality-wise was completely weak, and I think it ended up really hurting the Vikings in the end. Um, last thing on the broadcast, Jonathan Vilma. Can someone tell him as an analyst you have about 5 to 10 seconds to analyze? This, I've done color commentating, and Jonathan Vilma is at Fox Sports better than me at a higher company. I was taught five to ten seconds, you're in and out. Let your play-by-play be the guy that leads the way. He's the lead singer. If it wasn't for Kenny Albert occasionally throwing in some play-by-play, I would think that Jonathan Villeman was solo in that booth. He needed to shut his yapper. I mean, he was unbelievably annoying. He just wouldn't stop talking. He would make points and would go on for about 40 seconds. And it really, it, it totally disrupted, I thought, the chemistry of the broadcast. He's saying things that aren't exactly true. I thought a lot of his takes were super opinionated and it wasn't right half the time. He's talking about Dalvin Cook and Tony Pollard being in the same friggin' galaxy. Please, Tony Pollard? next so Jonathan Vilma I thought that I give him a yikes on that broadcast so um from just that standpoint those are my scapegoats this was a total team loss though and you got to give a little credit to Dallas I thought they played well I thought they played hard again you knew McCarthy was going to come in and have these guys ready we'll end on this and this is just a sad reality the Vikings got through that part of their schedule where it was like, all right, what's this thing going to be at 1-5? Are you going to completely go in the tanker and just kind of go for this thing as a top three pick? Or are you going to turn the season around? And they turned the season around with three huge divisional wins. And when you reel us fans in and you reel us in and you see those three games coming up, it really stinks that this was the game that they had to drop. If you had to drop a game, drop the one in Chicago. Drop the one in Green Bay. Drop the one in Detroit. You reeled us in, you won three divisional games, you got to four and five, you got to a team that absolutely was atrocious the entire year, and you laid an egg in the worst possible situation, in the worst possible spot. And it, it really, and I don't like to bring this up, but it, it you can't not think of the Tennessee game where you lost by one, the Seattle game where you lost by one, and now the Cowboy game that you lost by three. The other, win, the other losses, the Falcons, the Colts, the Green Bay Packers in week one, you can live with. But those three are going to be the story of the season if the Vikings don't make the playoffs. And that's just really how the season, that's how football goes, man. That's just the fragility of it. It's just super fragile. Game to game, everything is different. We saw this week a different Cowboy team than we've seen in previous weeks. Give me the short rest excuse. Sure, the Vikings were on six days. Sure, the Cowboys were coming off a bye week. I still don't think it's uh, it's an excusable clause for a loss. Um... And then I'll end on this. Bill Parcells called Mike Zimmer. And you know Bill and, and Mike Mike coached uh, with Bill Be- uh, Bill Parcells, under Bill Parcells, the, a, a disciple of Parcells. And Bill called him up and he said, everyone's got you winning these next couple of games. Don't you dare let your foot off the gas. 
don't you dare think that this is going to be three in a row and you're going to snap your finger at 7-5 and five in Tampa against Tom Brady. And he warned him. And I think he wanted to listen, but I don't think his actions showed that he listened. And now you sit at 4-6 and six in sort of in no man's land and a couple of games back in the wild card spot. Carolina's up next. We will have a Carolina Panthers beat writer for you guys to get you guys ready. Also, it's Minnesota-Wisconsin week, whether you are into the gopher season still or not. An unconventional win last week on a crazy call, but nonetheless, gophers win their second game, so we'll get you all prepared up for this week. Thanks, everyone, for listening on Wake Up Minnesota. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm Steven Strom. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at SSTROM32, minnesotasportsfan.com. Have a fantastic rest of your Monday. That could be manic, but let's turn it into a positive. Talk to you guys Wednesday morning. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.